It's time for America Outdoors Radio, the show that covers the outdoor scene across the U.S. of A. and the entire continent. Fishing, hunting, conservation, outdoor recreation, and great destinations, we cover it all every week. It's your country, your outdoors. Let's explore it together with your host, John Cruz. Welcome to your Memorial Day weekend. I hope you are having some fun outdoors this weekend. After all, it is the unofficial start to the camping season and the boating season. And hey, it's a great excuse to go fishing too. Speaking of fishing, we've got some interesting news for you. Now, when you think of the word lucky strike, what comes to mind? Some old school cigarettes, maybe, or maybe some bass lures. Lucky Strike is a well-known manufacturer of bass lures, everything from crankbaits to soft plastics to spinnerbaits designed by Rick Clun and Jimmy Houston. As a matter of fact, the Redman spinnerbait designed by Jimmy Houston won him two Bassmaster Classics. Well, here's the news about Lucky Strike. It's just been bought, and it's been bought by somebody very famous indeed. That would be that well-known country music artist Toby Keith. He is now the owner of Lucky Strike, based in Oklahoma. Can't wait to see what's going to come of this partnership in the future. Speaking of Oklahoma, I want to give a shout-out and a little encouragement to a Bassmaster Elite Series angler I admire very much, who calls the Sooner State home. That would be Bradley Hallman. I have not had the chance to meet him in person yet, but hope to do so someday, because he puts out some great YouTube videos especially covering the topic of being a better co-angler. And what I really like about Bradley's videos is that he's just so down-to-earth and matter-of-fact and just really shares information in a way that is very honest and unselfish. He also chronicles how he's doing on the Bassmaster Elite Series, and I'm sorry to say he has struggled mightily the last couple of tournaments he's been on. That includes his most recent performance at Lay Lake, where... Sorry to say, he came out on the bottom, and it's just not been a good season so far for Bradley, but the Sabine River is the next stop for the Bassmaster Elite Series, and Bradley, if you are listening, hang in there. You've got this. You're going to turn it around. There's a lot of us that appreciate you and are pulling for you. This week on America Outdoors Radio, we've got some great stuff for you. We are going to be talking to the winner of a National Ducks Unlimited scholarship for $10,000 in just a minute. She's a charming young woman named Emma Cornelison, and she's going to tell you not only how she got this scholarship, but also about a program that Ducks Unlimited has for high school students. After we talk to Emma, we'll be talking with reporter Eli Frankovich, a well-known former outdoors columnist for the Spokesman Review in Spokane, Washington. A hot topic issue out in the West has been the reintroduction of wolves, and Eli has written a book about all of this, and he's going to share some of the highlights and his thoughts about wolves with you. After that, we'll be welcoming back Bo Martonic. He is the host of East Meets West Hunt podcast, and He just aired his 300th episode. That is really something to say congratulations about. Something else to congratulate him about is the fact that he is now part of OutdoorClass.com. If you heard our show last week, you heard well-known big game hunting expert and public lands advocate Randy Newberg telling you about that. And Bo has been brought on board to give some courses about hunting white-tailed deer back east. Bo will tell you about all of this, about his latest podcast, which focuses on staying mentally in it when you are hunting, and lets you know about a total archery challenge coming up in just a few days in Pennsylvania. 
Our final guest of the day, that would be Mark Holyoke with the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation. He'll be previewing the World Elk Calling Championships taking place this year in Big Sky, Montana. The championship is going to be combined with the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation Mountain Fest that is taking place in the same location. And if you think you're a good elk caller, well, guess what? You can participate. You can sign up for this yourself and see how good you are going up against truly some of the best men, women, and kids out there when it comes to calling elk. In addition to this, we will also let you know about wildlife in Yellowstone and what some of the most dangerous animals are that you can encounter there right now. And no, we are not talking about bears and we are not talking about wolves. Put it all together and we've got a great show coming your way for this holiday weekend. So sit back, pour yourself a cup of coffee, and let's get to it. Our next stop is North Carolina. That's where we get to meet Emma Cornelison. She is about ready to graduate from high school, and she just won a $10,000 scholarship from Ducks Unlimited. Emma, congratulations. Thank you. So why don't you go ahead and explain to our listeners how this scholarship came about? So Ducks Unlimited is a program for wetland conservation, and it's not just about the hunting, but it's about conservation and making sure the animals are safe and everything around them is nice. And, you know, it's just like making sure everything is clean and that no pollution gets around them. And when I found out about the scholarship, my dad told me that, oh, you need to apply to this, you know. You're going to Auburn. They have a great DU program. Um, and I've been with DU since like 2018 and or even before that. So I've been with Ducks Unlimited for a long time. And I was just like, oh, this is a great opportunity for me. And here I am with the National Scholarship and amazed. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, going to Auburn, that is something else. That should definitely help pay for your first year of college for sure. What are you going to major in, do you know? I'm going to major in speech, language, and hearing sciences, and I want to be a pediatric audiologist. That is absolutely wonderful. Well, again, congratulations. Now, you mentioned you've been with DU for a while, and I know that in high school you were part of their varsity program. I'll be honest, until this week I never heard of Ducks Unlimited's varsity program. Why don't you explain what that is? So the DU Varsity Program is like a program for the high school kids to get involved with the Ducks Unlimited mission just to help create a healthy future for the conservation. Like I said, I've been with the chapter since my freshman year, and I actually was like, hey, Dad, can we start a chapter in, for high school? Because they didn't really have a chapter. So freshman year, I was a treasurer, and then sophomore year, that was when COVID hit, so I was like, oh, I'll just be the chairman, and I've been like the chairman varsity program at my school for sophomore, junior, and senior year, and I've been helping. We always go and we help with the Rowan County Ducks Unlimited Banquets, and then we help with the yearly Green Wing events, and then we also help with the lake cleanups, and then my dad's recently adopted a part of the road of Stokes Ferry Road. He adopted a part of that, and we always go and help clean up the road so it doesn't like pollute into the waterways. Speaking of your dad, I understand he's also heavily involved in Ducks Unlimited. This is kind of a family thing, isn't it? It is. It is very, yes. He's been a part of DU since like 2008, 
or even before then, I think. And he's now the district chairman and has been for the past three years and is a part of the Western NCDU now. Now, you mentioned up front, and you're right about this, Ducks Unlimited is not a hunting organization. It's a conservation organization dedicated to the protection and enhancement of habitat for waterfowl. But there's a lot of duck hunters that are part of DU, myself included. Are you a duck hunter yourself? I am a duck hunter, but I will tell you one time I went duck hunting and my feet froze. I think I was like 11 or 12. And I told my dad I was never going duck hunting again, but I have gone with him since then. But I've just been so busy with school and getting ready for college and all this other stuff that I haven't gotten to go as much as I would like. But I do enjoy preparing the wood duck boxes for the duck and doing all the nesting and harvesting and all that for them. Well, I'll tell you what, those wood ducks are probably the prettiest ducks around, so I think it's great that you're yes, doing that. Yes, they definitely too. are. Anything else you want to tell our listeners about Ducks Unlimited before we go today? If you can get involved in Ducks Unlimited, it's a great opportunity, and you don't have to be a duck hunter or a hunter in general. You can just be an outdoorsy person. I can tell you I have a friend who is not a hunter at all, and she got involved, and she said it's her favorite club and her favorite activity to do. So I definitely recommend joining if you're not already a member. That's Emma Cornelison, folks, the winner of a $10,000 scholarship from Ducks Unlimited. And as you just heard, this young lady, I have no doubt, is going to be going places in the future. Emma, congratulations again, and good luck at Auburn this fall. Thank you. Hunt of a Lifetime is a nationwide nonprofit organization dedicated to providing hunting and fishing trips to youth 21 and under who suffer from life-threatening illnesses and disabilities. These adventures make big differences in the lives of those who participate in them, and in many cases are literally a dream come true that brings hope and therapy to their lives. Find out more, get involved, or donate today at huntofalifetime.org. That's huntofalifetime.org. Huntofalifetime.org. Hunting and fishing are exercises in hope. Before you head into the woods, you hope to tag out on a deer you'll have to field dress. Before you make that first cast, you hope for a big fish to clean and fillet. When your hopes are realized, you'll need a sharp knife. Whether you sharpen that blade on a power sharpener in the shop or a manual sharpener in the field, WorkSharp has the tool for you. Look for WorkSharp products in sporting and stores near you or online at WorkSharpTools.com. Why book at Sportsman's Cove Lodge? Why is Alaska like no other place on earth? It hasn't changed in thousands of years. From the way you get here on a float plane to the way you go out with the guides and the boats, it's just a professional experience. And I said, this is as good as it gets. I said, if you can't catch fish here, you can't catch fish anywhere. Your experience with us will leave you speechless. Book now at alaskasbestlodge.com. Are you looking to reel in the marketing opportunity of a lifetime? Then set the hook because we've got it right here for you. America Outdoors Radio has sponsorships available, and we offer affordable platforms to reach thousands of listeners interested in fishing, hunting, and the outdoors. Find out more by contacting John Cruz through his website at americaoutdoorsradio.com. That's americaoutdoorsradio.com. Hurry, though. If you wait too long, the big opportunity might get away. 
Welcome back to America Outdoors Radio. I'm John Cruz. And if you want to go ahead and poke the bear, so to speak, and get some divisive opinions from people, bring up the subject of wolves because people have very differing and heartfelt opinions about these animals that have been reintroduced into the western U.S. And it turns out a very good reporter has written a book about it. His name is Eli Frankovich. His new book is The Return of Wolves, an Iconic Predator Struggle to Survive in the American West. Eli, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, John. Really happy to be here. So, Eli, you spent years as the outdoors editor for the Spokesman Review, and when wolves came back to Washington State, there was a lot of heartburn from some people. There was a lot of excitement from others. And, and I think it'd be fair to say that it kind of came down to whether you were an urban person or a rural person. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. And I think a lot of listeners probably know, but wolves were pretty much killed off in the lower 48 by the 1920s and 30s. And it was the same in Washington. And um, in 1995, around then, the federal government reintroduced wolves to Yellowstone and parts of Idaho. And those populations grew and did well and, and sort of spread out. And so in 2008, wolves came back to Washington state, uh, but they came to the eastern side of the state, which is mostly rural and politically and culturally more conservative. So that's caused, yeah, just like you said, some, some divisions because a lot of the um, people that are most excited about wolves uh, don't actually live near them. You're absolutely right about that. And how many wolves, give or take, are found in the American West now? I mean, I, I think it's got to be two, 3,000 animals at this point, isn't it? I think it's right around there, yes. And so, like, in Washington, there's about, you know, a bit over 200, and that's a minimum count. And that, that was one thing that I found really interesting in this whole process was, I think, a lot of the imagery and um, way that we think of wolves comes from places like Yellowstone or Alaska, where it's wide open and a little bit easier to find and spot them from a distance. In Washington and much of the West, it's, you know, it's a much different geography, and uh, it can be quite difficult to even figure out how many wolves are on the landscape unless they're collared. You're absolutely right about that. Now, I know that, especially in rural areas, a lot of folks don't like wolves, especially if they're livestock owners, because they do, uh, on occasion, they will kill livestock, they will kill pets, they will kill horses. And for a while, when they were first reintroduced, it didn't seem like the ranchers had much they could do about the situation. They weren't allowed to shoot the wolves if they caught them in the act, which is very rare to do. But over time, things have developed to help the ranchers a little bit. Yeah, exactly. In Washington and, and also in other Western states, there's been programs, and, and Washington really, in 2011, started this a collaborative group, basically, that tried to get interest, people that had interests from sort of all perspectives, so it would be ranchers, environmentalists, conservationists, uh, you know, hunters, uh, and, and whatnot, all to sit down and kind of figure out policies and procedures that they could all live with. Certainly not been always an easy job or a fun job, but I think that sort of compromise model helped ease a lot of those tensions. And so ranchers, yeah, they, they get reimbursed for wolves that are, are killed, and so there is some recourse there. The overall number of, of cattle that are killed each year in Washington, it's very low, or livestock in general, I should say. It is very low, but, you know, as the ranchers I've talked to have said, you know, it's already quite hard to be a rancher, especially if you're sort of that small, mid-sized operation. And so any losses do actually make a difference, even if, if sort of numerically they're, they're not huge. You in your book, uh, you talk about a range rider and some of the things he has done to bridge the gap between wolf lovers and wolf haters. Tell me about this person. I guess you better explain to some of our listeners what a range rider is. 
Certainly, yeah. Well, like, as you'd mentioned, people get pretty heated about wolves. And as a reporter, as a spokesman, it was one of the many things I was covering. And I would get kind of, you know, angry mail or phone calls uh, from really from both sides of the issue, which is usually kind of a good sign. It means you're kind of striking it right down the middle. Right. <laughs> um, but I was still, it always felt like I was, it was something, I felt like I wasn't, didn't quite understand all the dynamics, didn't quite understand what was going on. Basically, like, I just felt like there was a more interesting story somewhere down there. And so I set up a tour with some folks in Wolf Country and in Washington and Eastern Washington and spent the day driving around. And it was it was interesting, but it was still it felt a bit like conceptual. And toward the end of the day, I met this guy named Daniel Curian. He is a range rider. And so we met just at his camp on the side of this Forest Service road. And I kind of instantly recognized that he was a really interesting and compelling character. And so spent more time with him and, and learned that Daniel, for the last 10 years or so, has spent you know the majority of his life out in the woods in eastern Washington trying to get in between wolves and cattle. And that's essentially what range riding is. You know, it's a pretty ancient idea. It's like shepherding, but it's a bit more difficult if you don't know exactly where the cattle are and if you're on public land grazing. And so that that's what he's dedicated his life to. And the thing that really was compelling to me was that he really loves wolves. He has this kind of amazing connection with animals and kind of talks about animals as, as being you know, individual, like, the beings with their own value and everything else. And that's not a view that a lot of ranchers would take to, you know, just instantly, <laughs> and especially when it comes to wolves. And yet somehow he had been able to show that he was, you know, sincere in his in his desire to help and not, not ideological and, and really tried to see it from their side of things. And so he had made had some success with that and when working and partnering with ranchers. Um, so for me, and, and he sees his job this way too, it's really trying to bridge that divide, that urban-rural divide that you mentioned up top, and kind of see where there's common ground, because there's a lot of common ground in, in any sort of uh, divisive argument. You can always find some, some middle points. A couple other things about wolves. I wish we had more time to discuss this. Number one, you know, from ancient folklore, you always hear the stories about the big bad wolf and Little Red Riding Hood getting, you know, followed and attacked by the wolf. But in terms of modern times, I'm only aware of two instances where wolves have killed people. One was a jogger in Alaska. The other one was somebody who was hiking in Saskatchewan. Are there more wolf fatalities that I'm unaware of, or is it very unlikely that you'll ever be attacked by a wolf? Yeah, it's, it is very unlikely, and particularly in modern times. There's been some interesting research on where wolf attacks come more likely, and it's really in very impoverished sort of the areas that were communities that are using children actually to like shepherd. Um, and so that's just not a situation that we find in the, in the West much at all anymore. So yeah, it is just very rare. That being said, it and I think this is something that sort of folks that don't, urban folks, and I include myself in this category because I live in Spokane, that we don't necessarily understand about living with, you know, wild animals, particularly predators. Even if there isn't sort of life and limb danger, you still have to adjust your behavior when, like, a wolf is living <laughs> near you, right? Um, and that, so it does take some work. And I don't think we urban folks always uh, see that or understand that, that it, it does have sort of real impacts on people that live in wolf country, even though there are tools and, and certainly ways to coexist. 
I have so many more questions, but we are out of time. So, folks, if you want to read this brand-new book, The Return of Wolves, an iconic predator's struggle to survive in the American West by Eli Frankovich, you can find it on Amazon, but you can also find it from his publisher at TimberPress.com. That's timber, like logging timber. TimberPress.com. Uh, get a copy of The Return of Wolves and get educated on this iconic animal and how it's made its way back into the Western landscape. Eli, thanks so much for sharing all this with us today on America Outdoors Radio. Thank you so much. My pleasure. We've been telling you about Sportsman's Cove Lodge in southeast Alaska for a while now. They're truly Alaska's best lodge. Wildlife is abundant, from bears and deer to eagles and whales. And let's not forget the reason you're here, the fishing. Halibut, salmon, lingcod, rockfish, true cod, and more. It's all waiting for you in abundance at Sportsman's Cove Lodge. Book your trip today at alaskasbestlodge.com. That's alaskasbestlodge.com for Sportsman's Cove Lodge. Come explore the Dalles in Oregon for outdoors fun. Hike amongst the wildflowers, bike our riverfront trail, or visit the Gorge Discovery Center where you can enjoy a live raptor display. Or even check out our National Neon Sign Museum. But don't forget the fishing. We've got salmon, steelhead, bass, walleye, and monster-sized sturgeon waiting just for you. When the day is done, tell those tall tales at one of our wineries, breweries, or restaurants and plan your next adventure. Find out more at explorethedalles.com. You're back in with America Outdoors Radio. I'm John Cruz. We've got one of our frequent guests on the line. That would be Bo Martonic. He's the man behind the East Meets West Hunt podcast. He also has got a Facebook page, East Meets West Outdoors. He's actually got a whole lot going on, and we're going to get into that in just a minute. Bo, welcome to the show. John, thanks for having me again. It's uh, always good to talk to you. Well, when I saw that you just aired your 300th episode of East Meast West Hunt, that's fantastic. And it's clearly your podcast has arrived if you've got 300 episodes under your belt. How has this evolved over time? Because I'm guessing that how it started and how it is today are very different in terms of content. Yeah, it's funny you say that because when I started it five years ago, I didn't know how to interview anybody or, or go through and, and talk to them. And, and really it was focused around solely helping people plan Western adventure hunts on their own, figuring out how to do it. You know, I was interested in it. I was new to it and trying to understand that. And through the years, it's kind of evolved and I've, you know, interviewed a lot of different people. And I, at least I feel like my interviewing skills have gotten a little bit better. And it also evolved to 
a lot more of tactic-based hunting approach for hunting in the Appalachian Mountains and what I grew up doing for whitetails and diving deeper into topics rather than a little bit broader topics. So it's been really fun to see it evolve and get to talk to some so many different people that are talented in their, in their own spaces. And it's been it's been really great to see that evolve and i love just i thought you know getting to this many episodes they're like what would i what would i talk about after that many and i feel like my list is just as long as when i started you're absolutely right and you have definitely arrived as far as i'm concerned uh, because you've got a series of seminars coming up for outdoorclass.com and folks if you listen to the show last week we talked to randy newberg one of the co-founders of outdoorclass.com about this online university for big game hunters, about wild game cooking, and even about survival. What are your seminars going to be about? Yeah, so my, my first uh, seminar that will come out this year will be on scouting big woods whitetails. So it's all about finding deer in areas that do not have agriculture, essentially, which is a lot of the, the public lands throughout the East Coast, the Midwest, the Southeast, the North Woods, like those types of places that don't have the designated food sources and you're just trying to find deer in their natural habitat and to be able to hunt them efficiently you got to first be able to find them and that's a tall task so through my growing up hunting in those types of areas and experience the whole course is based on figuring out how to find deer from home and then out in the field and throughout the different seasons and scouting strategies depending on the time of year it's really going to be focused on finding whitetails in, in the big woods. Well, like I said, you're definitely in some great company. Not only Randy Newberg is on OutdoorClass.com, but you've got Remy Warren, who specializes in mule deer. You've got Hank Shaw, who is like one of the premier wild game chefs that is out there, and a whole host of other, you know, I'll say it, celebrities when it comes to the outdoors and hunting. So congratulations again on being part of this. And folks, if you want to check out OutdoorClass.com, I'm pretty sure Randy Newberg will still honor his 20% off deal where you just use the promo code Randy and you'll get 20% off of your subscription. And that way you can take in these seminars from Bo. Let's go ahead and talk about your latest podcast, Staying Mentally in the Hunt. Interesting topic. Tell me more. Yeah. So staying mentally in the hunt. One of the things that I've found with all of the successful hunters that that I've talked to throughout the years in the podcast and then through my own experiences with hunting that you don't always have to be the best hunter as far as tactically approached or anything to, to become successful. The ones that are successful year in and year out, everything they do lasts until the final bell. And that might be three days you know, over a long weekend, or that might be 14 days on a longer hunt. And being able to keep your mind right and stay focused throughout that entire experience through the ups and downs and keep a positive attitude to be able to stay focused when that moment of truth does happen, those are the people that typically capitalize on it. So I interviewed uh, a buddy of mine, Clint Casper, that has done some, some really wild hunts and, and extended hunts over a period of time. And we just talked about, I guess, our approaches of how to kind of stay in it and, uh, and keep yourself focused and how important it is to be around good hunting partners when you're doing that and how to become a good hunting partner yourself. Really interesting. I was actually just thinking of what you're mentioning 
from actually a tournament bass fishing analogy where I've been in some tournaments before where we've just been dialed in and we're focused the entire time and working to the very last cast and when the bell rings. And there's been other times, uh, including a day I was fishing recently, where it's like we got nothing in the tank and we can't figure this out. And we're just going through the motions and eating a sandwich at this point. So you're right. The application is the same for hunting. If you have that focus and you you believe, no matter what's happening, that you are going to tag out at the end, it makes all the difference, doesn't it? It does. That mental framework, although it sounds simple to say, it's tough to do and stay present in in doing that. But I think there's parallels to everything. Like you said, fishing, life, business, anything that you're doing is just like keeping that positive attitude, but doing the work, you know, putting one foot in front of the other and just going until the end. And if it doesn't work out, you know, you put everything into it. But I feel like you know, we, we were looking at our statistics of our own hunts and say on like a, a seven day hunt of you working hard in your and hunting areas that, uh, you know, other people are hunting, you usually have one opportunity through that. So can you capitalize on it or are you going to give up early? You know, that's kind of, that's up to you. You work all year and look forward to these things. You work hard to be able to pay for the hunt and get the time off and time away from family. What are you doing to make sure that you're making the most of it and and being able to, to hopefully be successful? One other thing I want to talk about before we go is the fact that uh, you're going to be in Seven Springs, Pennsylvania, June 1st through the 4th at the Total Archery Challenge. You're going to have a booth there so folks can meet you. What is this Total Archery Challenge all about there? Yeah, so the Total Archery Challenge, I've been going to this event since 2016, I believe, which is one of the first years they had it. And it's a big archery event where it's not a competition, but it's more of fun. You can keep score with your buddies if you want, but it's at the Seven Springs Ski Resort. And they have multiple courses based on differentiating I guess levels of difficulty and you get to choose what you want to do. I mean, you can be shooting targets out to 140 yards or you can be shooting ones that are, you know, closer under 40 yard type targets. And it's just a, it's a really fun event. You're walking miles throughout the course, shooting in real life hunting scenarios with downhill behind branches, logs, rocks, all that stuff. You better go with a lot of arrows. <laughs> and uh, if not, they do. There are uh, vendors there that are selling them and cutting them there, which is probably one of the smartest businesses to have a booth for. Um, but it's just, it's a lot of fun. And there's a whole vendor area, which I'll be hanging out at and to be able to do. It's kind of an all-encompassing weekend full of fun shooting. Is there a Facebook page or website folks should go to if they want to attend? Yeah, so TotalArcheryChallenge.com will have all the information. Now, to be able to shoot at the one this year, they are completely sold out as far as I know. But you can still go if you're local and want to just visit and hang out at the event, get some food and check out the vendors and shoot the target range. I believe you can do that without needing a ticket. All right. Sounds like all sorts of fun. Again, Seven Springs, Pennsylvania, June 1st through the 4th, the Total Archery Challenge. And you want to check out Bo's latest podcast about how to stay mentally in the hunt, just look for podcasts and look for East Meets West Hunt. You can also go to his website at eastmeetswesthunt.com. And he's got a Facebook page too, East Meets West Outdoors. Bo, always a pleasure to catch up with you on America Outdoors Radio. Yeah, thanks, John. I appreciate you having me on.
This portion of the show is brought to you by our friends at WorkSharp. And if you are hunting this fall, you know the importance of a sharp knife. You're going to need it for gutting that animal, butchering that animal, taking the hide off that animal, and there's a good chance you have to sharpen it more than once while you're doing these things in the field. That's why a pocket knife sharpener or the guided field sharpener from WorkSharp are great items to have with you. Whether you're after deer, elk, pronghorn, or bear, a sharp knife helps you get things done after you drop that animal. Look for WorkSharp products at sporting goods stores, hardware stores, and ranch and home stores near you, or online at WorkSharpTools.com. That's WorkSharpTools.com. Campers, adventure seekers, hunters, and foodies. No matter the lifestyle, we can all agree on one thing. Great food and great people are worth remembering. At Camp Chef, we don't just make grills. We create each product knowing that a warm meal is always better when it's shared with those we love. Learn more about Camp Chef grills, smokers, and portable cooking equipment at CampChef.com. That's CampChef.com for a better way to cook outdoors. Hunt of a Lifetime is a nationwide nonprofit organization dedicated to providing hunting and fishing trips to youth 21 and under who suffer from life-threatening illnesses and disabilities. These adventures make big differences in the lives of those who participate in them, and in many cases are literally a dream come true that brings hope and therapy to their lives. Find out more, get involved, or donate today at huntofalifetime.org. That's huntofalifetime.org. Huntofalifetime.org. Ready to step up to a quality-built rifle or shotgun that's a true classic? Check out Henry Repeating Arms, American-made. There's over 200 models to choose from in a variety of finishes and calibers for hunters and target shooters. Many of these are lever-action models with a look right out of the Old West. Don't be deceived, though. Henry Repeating Arms are modern, rugged, accurate, reliable, and have a lifetime guarantee. Find out more and order a free catalog today at HenryUSA.com. That's HenryUSA.com. Attention, small business owners. This could be the most important 10-minute call you will ever make. You may be eligible to receive up to $26,000 per employee through the Employee Retention Credit. Call Omega Accounting Solutions to see if your business is eligible to recover payroll tax pay during the pandemic. All it takes is a quick, easy, free 10-minute consultation to determine your qualifications. Call Omega Accounting Solutions at 800-309-ERC. Omega's knowledgeable staff will streamline the process of filing complicated paperwork. Omega is the small business champion with teams dedicated to maximizing tax credits. CPAs even turn to Omega for ERC guidance. Take advantage of this exclusive small business tax credit before it's too late. The three-year sunset deadline is setting soon. So find out if you qualify today. Call 800-309-ERC. That's 800-309-ERC. Or visit OmegaTaxCredits.com. You're back in with America Outdoors Radio. I'm John Cruz. Our next stop is Big Sky Country, Montana, because something very special is going to be taking place there in June, the World Elk Calling Championship. With us here to tell you more about it is Mark Holyoke, the longtime spokesperson for the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation. Mark, great to have you back on the air. Thanks, John. Good to be with you. This World Elk Calling Championship, it's a one-day competition and it's happening in the town of Big Sky in Big Sky Country. You've never had it there before, have you? 
No, we've not. You know, it's kind of been spread, well, all over the West, mostly, the last, boy, number of years in Utah and then uh, Nevada before that. But uh, up in Montana this year, so, you know, for me, it's a shorter drive, so I'm excited about that. But we're excited to have uh, the best elk callers in the world come to Montana and, and get up on stage and have at it. Is Corey Jacobson going to be competing again? Corey will be there. Yes, he's a, he's a 10-time world champion who's not been the top of the podium for several years now. There's some other callers that are coming up there, and, and they just go right at it, toe-to-toe and, and head-to-head, and been some great competitions. And so he's always he's just knocking on the door. They've, they've been close competitions, but I think it's been two, three, no, three or four years since he's been on top. And he'll look to, to kind of regain that position, but uh, the callers coming up, have just they're stellar, and he's the first one to say that and so it'll be a lot of fun now you have different divisions why don't you explain what those are yeah we have five divisions uh, professional men's women's youth and peewee and so you know anyone who's a professional uh, involved with any kind of you know elk calling company or something along those lines or happens to be you know some sort of professional representative hunter that sort of thing they're in the pro division uh, otherwise your amateurs go in the men's division and then the women's division can either be women who are pros or amateurs we kind of give them the option there and then uh, then we have youth and we have peewee and th- there's just been some really interesting stories personalities over the last several years in all the different divisions like if you look at last year we have every we every defending champion will be back for this year so that's fun the men's defending champ says you know what i want to jump into the professional division which if you're a pro that's where you go but if you'd like to try against the pros you can try that route too the women's division champ last year she's this well i want to call her a little girl she's not very tall she's only 12 her name's ella ella lees she's from la grand oregon but she walked on stage last year and when she let out that first bugle a lot of eyebrows shot up i mean she can really call and she took down not only the defending champ but a field that included uh, three or four past world champions last year so we're excited to have her back and then in the youth division we have a the only back-to-back champion Kelton Ullman, he's from Santa, Idaho. Now, Kelton has not just not only won the last two years in a row, but he's like, you know what? I've done well in youth, and he, even though he's a teenager, he's jumping up into men's. And so oh, wow. those are the kind of competitors that we have. They look to not only do well and kind of form new relationships along the way, but they want to become better and go up against better competition. And so we're, we're seeing that kind of across the map. Oh, this sounds just amazing. And obviously the public is welcome to attend. Actually, before we get into that, Uh, Let's talk about the prizes. I understand you've got $45,000 in cash and prizes available this year. We do. That's because of our sponsors. And, and, you know, you hear a lot of people talk about sponsors, but they are really important to this event, which is uh, presented by Sportsman's Warehouse. Our other sponsors are Bow Spider, Browning, Buck Knives, Everly Stock, Hoyt, Leupold, Montana Decoy, Nosler, Schnees, Sitta, and Swagger. And it's important to mention them because two reasons. One is they make the competition possible, and second is... The top four finishers in each of those divisions walk away with some sort of prizes from those sponsors. And so over the years, we've given away, you know, rifles and bows and backpacks and knives and, you know, on and on and on. And um, these are the folks that, that provide those. And so it's, it's just kind of an added benefit. You know, if you win the overall division, you get, a, you get a nice check. But then, boy, you're taking boxes of good stuff home with you. So this event is taking place again, folks, Saturday, June 24th in Big Sky, Montana at the Yellowstone Convention Center in Huntley Lodge. Again, it is presented by Sportsman's Warehouse. And what is the deadline for people to sign up? June 14th, Wednesday, June 14th. So there's no entry fees. 
competition is open to any qualifying person who wants to get up there and, and give it a go against uh, these elk callers. And uh, anybody who participates or who signs up is automatically entered into a drawing for a $500 gift card from Sportsman's Warehouse. And so, you know, there's good opportunities. What's fun for those of us who sit on the registration table is we've gotten to know the callers over the years, and we watch them get to know each other. And families hang out together, and there's been some great friendships that have formed. And some of these callers end up going out hunting together, and their families get together. And so it's a bit of a family atmosphere, but at the same time, it's not exclusive. We're, We're looking to invite any and all folks to to come on out. It's part of a bigger gathering that weekend. We'll actually be at the Big Sky Resort from June 23rd to June 25th uh, for the RMEF Mountain Festival. And so the calling contest is just a part of that. There's the Total Archery Challenge, which if you're not familiar with that, that's where you take your bow and you get on the chairlift and you go up in the mountain. It's kind of like playing a golf course kind of sort of where they have 3D critters up there and you have different challenges and distances and So you can take your bow and take part in that. You need to pre-register for that, so that's important to do. And then we have kind of an outdoor base camp uh, with some of our outdoor industry partners will be there, and they'll be set up, and you can walk around and talk to them and check out their wares and the things that they have. And and then on a Saturday night, we have a a fundraiser for the RMEF mission. Randy Newberg will be there. He'll be the MC. We've got some country music folks that will be there. There's going to be raffles and all sorts of RMEF-related fund, and and we'll be able to take those dollars that we generate and, and put them on the ground and try to make a difference for, for elk and other wildlife and for hunting and conservation because that's, well, that's who we are. It absolutely is who you are, and your organization does it very well. So again, folks, some great opportunities here. Great excuse to visit Big Sky Montana. Head to the RMEF Mountain Fest. That's June 23rd through the 25th at Big Sky Resort. And you think you're a pretty good caller, sign up and see how good you are and compete in the World Elk Calling Championship. You've got until June 14th to do so. Are there links to sign up and make reservations at your website? Yes, uh, go to rmef.org and uh, click on Get Involved, and you'll see a drop-down menu for events. And you just go that route, and then you'll see kind of a picture of the elk calling contest and also just one of the mountain festival as well. You can get information on both of those fronts. But you, you click on the elk calling, and it gives you the, the rules, the regulations, what it entails, answers all sorts of questions. And, uh, and we look forward to having folks come out. And, you know, if you don't want to come out and participate, that's great. You can come and watch for free and sit in there and, and watch these callers go at it. It's, it's head-to-head. It's bracketed. They're seated. Uh, there's upsets. It's a lot of fun. All right, folks. Well, you know what to do. Just go to rmef.org and sign up now to participate in the World Elk Calling Championships on June 24th, presented by Sportsman's Warehouse, and hang out at the RMEF Mountain Fest that's also in Big Sky, June 23rd through the 25th, presented by Onnit. Mark, thanks as always. Love having you on the show. Hey, thanks, John. Now, if you're into elk calling, you're probably also into elk hunting, and if you're looking for an elk rifle, take a look at the lineup available from Henry Repeating Arms. They've got a couple of rifles that would work just great for elk. Their 4570 caliber lever-action rifles are very good for elk if you're shooting close range than 200 yards, and the Henry Long Ranger, chambered in 6.5 Creedmoor, will also work well at longer distances. You can find these rifles and more at henryusa.com, and be assured that every rifle from Henry Repeating Arms is made right here in America, and they come with a lifetime satisfaction guarantee. 
You'll find Henry Rifles and quality sporting goods stores all over the nation. If you want to find an authorized dealer near you, again, just go to henryusa.com. And don't forget to ask for your free catalog and decals while you're there. It'd be Memorial Day weekend. I thought it would be a good time to talk about one of the most popular places to spend this weekend camping. That would be Yellowstone National Park. However, if you go there right now, you need to be aware of dangerous animals. I'm not talking about grizzly bears, and I'm not talking about wolves. Instead, I'm talking about elk and bison. You see, it's elk calving season right now, and those cow elk are very protective of their calves. And bison, even though they appear to be docile and tranquil, they can be anything but, and they move a lot quicker than you think. Every year, people get gored by bison because they get too close or try to take selfies, and the same situation can happen by getting trampled by an elk if you get too close to them and their calves this time of year. So, be smart when you deal with wildlife at Yellowstone National Park or anywhere else where you can get up and close to these big hooved ungulates. On that note, it's time to go, but here's hoping you have a wonderful Memorial Day weekend. Hopefully you get that extra day off, and if you do, I hope you'll make it a point to attend an event for those who have not just served, but given their lives in the defense of our country and those family members they've left behind. That's really what Memorial Day weekend's all about. Here's hoping you are blessed and healthy in the days ahead, and do remember this. It is your country and your outdoors, so get out there and enjoy it. Backcountry Hunters and Anglers is the voice for your public lands, waters, and wildlife. Find out how you can get involved at backcountryhunters.org.